Hello, and welcome to Bedlam Social Hour, a D&D conversation. Here we intend to discuss various topics relating to D&D in general, with the occasional specifics that pertain to our group and the story we're telling in our podcast proper. In this episode, we discuss a little bit about what we each enjoy most about the game. We also cover some notions of the theory behind the role of dice within Dungeons & Dragons, and finally answer a question posed by one of our listeners, Mike A., Thanks for joining us, and we hope you enjoy. What's everybody's favorite part about playing D&D, now that we're here on the, the tabletop discussion? I really like the idea of getting to live different emotions. Uh, in scenarios I'll never have to or get to live in real life. Like, so... I got to kind of live the experience of saving an orphan in a sex dungeon. It's something I never want to actually do, but it is kind of a cool thought. Like, you kind of get a little bit of that emotion. There's no way, obviously, that anybody could get, get that fully, but just every scenario we go into, it's kind of like reading a book, right? You get to live a thousand lives. I get to have a thousand emotions I'll never get to experience even more so than I think from reading a book because I'm the one pushing the story forward with all of you fine people, of course. Pushing your perspective of the story forward, for sure. Yeah, getting to make decisions that you know you'd never get to make in real life. Grom gets to be fucking crazy and erratic. I don't get to do that. I got three kids. Right, yeah, yeah. You're never going to jump over your other friend just to stab somebody, right? <laughs> it's like... I think I mentioned that a little, that interview that I did with Robert of just uh, introducing those dark topics and the fact that you guys get to overcome those. One of the things I referenced was Tylor encountering on her solo journey between point A to point B. She ran up against some people that are just like, oh, here we go. She's sitting right here and she might disagree with me, but just to witness the fact that she got to be empowered and to be like intimidating that mentality and I'm just like that was fantastic so you know there is an element of getting to practice for something that will probably never happen to you that goes back to the playing pretend we all envision ourselves as heroes and how often do we get to actually do that in real life I just like the fantasy aspect of it like like you said being a live a a pretend life that you can do things you can't do in real life and then I've always like enjoyed dragons and the magical aspect of stories and all that the fantasy so this is you kind of got to you get to live that in the fantasy world that's what I enjoy about it I don't know that I have the same feeling about the dice though honestly I could take or leave the dice completely I have zero interest in the dice or the rolling of dice I think I would just go with whatever sounds the most interesting in the story or makes the most sense at a time. I think about hearing the tale about you doing that long hike and just running something with everybody. Like, no dice on that. It just, this is what happens. I get, I get to decide whether it's good or bad. And I like that aspect of us dropping in the we get to decide our crits, whether critical failures or critical successes, because 
Like, we get to throw it in when there's a dice roll, but I mean, we could just do that anytime. We thought it'd be interesting to the story, too. Well, and I think that it boils down to the, the kind of pretend. It's just like there reaches a point when your kids and what your friend says, well, let's say this happened. And then if you don't quite like that, you're like, no, 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 that didn't happen. Let's say this happened and back and forth and back and forth. And so I think that right there is a maturity where, yes, these stories can be told if everybody at the table has that maturity. I could see that go either way. Because, okay, so if that is your scenario, you have, when you're saying maturity, what you're talking about is balance for what they want to see happen. Okay, so there's always been the thought of, I couldn't let my players have this because they would be too powerful. And that, that seems like more of a DM versus players mentality. Mm-hmm. Well, who cares? If, if the story that the players want to play is where they're just these fucking un godly beasts and able to do whatever like that also can still make a great story but you just have to be more adaptable like if Tyler Lore wanted to be this huge wrecking ball of a beast and kill everybody with like a glare and I wanted to play the bumbling fool who just fucked everything up for her like that still creates a great story and so but even if all of us wanted to be superheroes and just I'll be Superman, like, there's still a lot of dynamics you can do with that. So I don't know that I necessarily believe that. I think that's just a different campaign. It doesn't have to be a negative campaign just because some people want to be crazy powerful. I feel like there's all kinds of difficulties that can arise from that. You'd be crazy powerful, oh, but you messed up, and now they know who your family is, and so... You have to watch the destruction of all the people you care about. But what I'm getting at is that there's that level of, oh, you messed up. And I think the people, the the OP, the players that want to just be gods, wreck everything and be this wrecking ball, there's an element where they're not necessarily going to accept the the ramifications. Right. But you don't think that that is, if that's the kind of campaign they want to play, Mm. you don't feel like there's a place for that? Some people probably play this because they don't want those terrible things. I think there's a place. There, there's definitely a place for that. Because, But if that's the table, I'm just like, oh, all right, let's tell a story. Every single one of you is a superhero. Let's go. How often would you miss an attack if we didn't have dice rolls? Probably pretty often. I feel like I often exaggerate my failures because I want there to be those penalties. I mean, broken ribs, torn out eyes. Like, I want my character to have faults. And I want them to be things that are almost crippling <coughs> because that's what makes it interesting to me. That's the thing right there is like, that's what makes it interesting to you. There's a lot of people that just like, don't ever want to miss a hit. They don't ever want to fail a roll. They don't ever. And so if right. you take the dice out of the equation and they get to succeed every time. Yes, it is a story and that's fun. And I think if there's a table where that's just how it's going to be and everybody can be superheroes then that's fine that's that's the table but that, that's not the table that we want right but let's see i don't know if you've ever read the forgotten realms stories they're still drizzt orden you know the infallible do no wrong will always win the day and he ran right alongside of all the other people that were not playing that i think even having somebody like that in a group doesn't but here's negatively the affect the group you know drizzt had the wolfgar that's the thing. That's I guess I'm saying if you have a table full of drits, then that's not going to fly. They just have to fight on a much higher scale. Right. Well, like but you're battling gods then. I'm still operating on the intention of no dice. Well, I would say there's still a DM, right? 
I don't know. Or, you tell or, me. I mean, I guess not even necessarily required for everybody shaping a world. But I would say anytime you have a D&D type game, you, know, you still have somebody that is in charge of shaping the world. Okay. And I'm just saying that I would feel completely confident with you shaping that world without dice. Therein brings in the trust and the maturity of what we're doing. I, I see horror stories and part of uh, several Facebook DM groups and I see horror stories of these parties, these players that they just, they're either rules lawyers or min-maxers and that's just what they want to do and I'm not going to lie, I just, I had fun I rolled bonkers with my Bedlam character in that Traveler campaign and I love the fact that with it's a 2d6 system, if I was going to shoot at something, I had to roll snake eyes to miss Otherwise, got it. And then I could call my shot. I would do things to increase the DC. I'm going to line these guys up, and I'm going to shoot them with one shot. I'm going to get both of them. And that was fun. But at the same time, I, I also, with the table that we have here, with everybody involved, I also see the value in embracing the weaknesses. Right. I guess I would just, like for any scenario like that where... You had Bedlam, super amazing character. Dude would never miss a shot. But there's all kinds of things that can be added into that world as the DM where you can fully accept that he never misses a shot because that's his thing. And there's the kicker as the DM. So going back to the initial part of the conversation was just like, we don't need dice. Let's just tell a story. You know, your your notion of that. But... You've also admitted you know, as the DM. So I think in in so far as that characteristic, your phrase as the DM, I think I think you are subtly saying that the DM could be the dice. Right. That is that's what I'm saying. Everybody is capable of being the dice. Everybody can shape Everybody's the capable. world to be yep. and I think the that, character they want to be. And I think to put a table together that is just telling a story. You need to have that responsibility, and everybody needs to. Every everybody at the table needs to accept that responsibility of being the dice. I could see running a game that was without dice. That was a comical, very funny, lighthearted scenario. I think it's Dungeons and Daddies, and there's there's yep. a couple other podcasts. And there's it's basically a very yes, and it's yeah, just an improv. The dice are basically bullshit, right? And that I mean, it doesn't matter what they roll; they're going to succeed. I just don't see how you could turn that into a serious, dramatic thing. Because it's just, there's just so much at stake, right? So, it's like, I know that you'd miss shots, but I don't know that I could, f- like, like okay, what percentage do I tell myself to? I'm, I need, like, those things to tell, like... Especially to, as Brax. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like, I'm never going to miss. We so, t- nailed yeah. it. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to hit it off that, that stone right there, and it's going to fly over there, and it's, because that's how Brax would think. But, but me as Mark, no... That's gonna miss, but it's—I don't know. That's where I could do it. Very fun, lighthearted, no rules, don't need dice. But if I think we're trying to tell a story that has consequence, I need structure myself. I can't—I don't trust myself. You might trust me, but I don't trust myself enough t- to not cheat and then not have fun. Basically, what if those parameters were instead of set on the dice, were set on your character creation? Like, I'm Brax. I could shoot the eye out of a gnat at 100 feet. But I'm scared of water, and I can't swim. So, like, these things that I'm building into my character, or I have been scared of my 
you know, like, like hometown gang or whatever, you know, like those things can all be set into character development at the beginning before you even start. So you, you know that your character is going to be bad at these things and you've decided them upon creation because it's fun to play. Like I had a character that was scared of ghosts and that was super fun to play because I was a super badass, but oh, nope, I'm running. That's, that's a ghost. You can't hurt ghosts with weapons. I'm out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think that all of those things can very easily be placed into the type of character you want to play. Yeah. <clears throat> and then still having somebody in charge of the world, like, well, well, you fell asleep and all your weapons got stolen, so you are a badass, but you don't have a weapon. So. Yeah. Your kung fu may be strong, but it's only going to get you so far because that's a dragon. I think it, it it does boil down to the people involved, because Great. I could see I could see that devolving pretty quickly into. Well, I did this, and the DM says, well, you and me sit here. I'm sitting in this chair. You're sitting in that chair. You say, well, I did this, and me sitting in this chair says, no, you didn't. Well, yes, I did. I did, because I remember I'm really good at water, and that's why, and then... Yeah, I'm not... I'd say you just have to have a group that wants to have the same level of story. Yep, that's exactly it. And so that's kind of what my platform was. I'm just like, no, we need the dice, because... I was being more blanket. If you get the right people at the right table to write a book, then that's super cool. The only group dynamics that would make me not enjoy the game, like if somebody wants to be super powerful, I don't have any issue with that. When somebody wants to be super terrible, I don't have an issue with that. My only issues are when groups want to play player versus player, so it's super divisive, and you can't get any unity in the group, and well, that's funny because like, we got a pretty hard level of player versus player going on in our group. You think so? I think so. There's. It seems like we're definitely like there. Rex and Valroll against everybody else. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm accepting these guys with open arms. I think we're getting closer. <clears throat> I mean, they're not like stealing from us or trying to murder us. <laughs> not that you know of. And I don't. No, that's the thing. It's like they're grave robbers, but they well, got away. That, I wouldn't say that was against them. That's just. As players, it was like, why would you leave something there? You found a dragon <laughs> horde. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I get that. I mean, they lost their companion and they, <laughs> in honor, but, but, but we're going to war <laughs> and we need this stuff. So, everything you say before the word but doesn't matter. I get it, it's really <laughs> fucked up, but, <laughs> but you stole from your previous character. So, I think everybody was okay with that. Yeah. In, in regards that, like, well, Brax is going to go ahead and grave rap black game. And, like, well, you played both. So, that's on you. It was like one of the first defining things. I was like, this, yeah, he's going to do that. That's what he would do. <laughs> and I remember sitting there, sitting here watching you <laughs> think about that. And you're like, nope, yep, that's what's going to go down. Just too much. Uh, that said, I do think there is, I, and that's part of, in my planning, I, I think that, uh, I think often, like, how can I get this group to be a group? Rather than Grom and Tidalore, Brax and Valryl, and Miramonero's kind of figuring his own stuff out. I definitely see three different part, three different camps. What did Grom just think there's one? I think we're getting pretty close to that, really. I mean... I think, um, and to meta a little bit, I, th- I think once once the Medlack encounter happens, I think then either you're going to get destroyed or you're going to come out the other side unified. Yeah. Could go either way. But what do I know? I could definitely see us getting destroyed. We got our asses kicked last time. There's a lot of things that kill us. I mean, beat us up pretty easy. It's... That's the dice. The dice are doing it. <laughs> we we don't really operate with tactics very well. 
No. I've been trying to, obviously, with my character and being an assassin, I'm trying to get those tactics in there. I guess I just meant like as a group. Oh, yeah. You're... Like a proper way for us to fight tactically as a group would be to fall back into the room so you could be flanking things and yeah. getting in your attacks. That is true. Leaving an open channel for you to be able to take shots. Yeah. But... but no, we clog the door and just wail on things. So. Which is what the characters would do, too. Yep. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. The whole dice thing is very interesting to me. Uh, I, can, I definitely see what you're saying, and I've seen that. I mean, we've played it before, where it's like we should have rolled dice, but we didn't roll dice, or whatever. Um, and both ways are fun, so it's just very intriguing. I can see how you can see the dice being pretty heavy in certain places. There's just places where the roll makes me very sad, where there's like a moment that could be incredible, and we just like let that go because the dice right. failed. Yeah, or. Things that I feel like should be mundane because we're these heroes and we're just constantly almost slapsticky, not able to do things that we should be competent at. So I feel like it can go either way. Part of that is on me too because I'm, I'm finding the way. Figuring the balance of what all. Because my mind as a DM is just like, oh yeah, roll this. You want to do this? Oh yeah, roll this. You know, I'm, I'm assigning a dice roll to everything you do. But then I... I'm starting to realize, I'm like, no, just go ahead and do it. That's kind of where I feel like for battles, I think dice rolls are very important. Yes. Because that's... I agree. That, I do think they're quite fun in battle. And story development, I think maybe less dice rolls to... Yeah, because there, there was a lot of animal handling checks tonight. Yeah, like... And I was just like, I, there was a point where I'm just like... I thought you were purposely just trying to kill Tira. There was like 14 of them. I'm like, you trying to kill Chip? I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. No, I told you at dinner, I'm not trying to kill a horse. Yeah. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm looking at him like, no, you have a panicked animal in your hands. That's a pretty so, savage you know. scene for sure. Yeah. And it, see, even that, it makes sense. It's like this, there is like, every step is like, is a question. Like, does this work? But do you get to choose that, right? Because it's like, so what if you had killed Chip? Now I have a dead horse because you chose? Well, at least the dice chose if he died, right? Yes. So it's not this. But it's also, would you have ever killed the horse? I don't know. Well, and I'll tell you what. I Like I said, at dinner, I'm like, I'm not trying to kill a horse. I'm like, this this actually got out of hand, and even in my mind. I'm like, holy crap, this horse is going to die. Nobody wants a horse to die. But on that same note, like, what a passionate change of the story that would have had to be if we had to deal with the fact that this beloved companion of yours fell well chips almost died i mean it was yeah. and i felt like that was heartbreaking even just him almost dying right so it's and that was all dice rolls so it's i don't know that if you would in that you know scenario i do like that our that there is danger for us absolutely i think i think that if there's like there is an element of plot armor i'm just like i kind of what you said in one of the previous questions of what we were talking about earlier about how you feel that you know certain campaigns that you've played in were players against dm and this one is we're all on the same side i'm just i don't i don't want that horse to die right but i also realize that i need to introduce the element of danger to your world to make this interesting right i think there's a definite difference between these are just the things that are in this world and you're just going to have to cope with them or not versus, oh, I've got this. This will get them. Oh, yes. they think they're tough. Oh, this thing will get oh, them. Oh, no, never that. 
It just like even they'll the, never make it through this thing. Yeah, Those even even different. the ground lurch, and I'm just like it. It boiled down to I'm just like roll a d20. And let me see what happens because I got I got a list of stuff here that you're gonna deal with in the desert. So here we are. So roll that. Okay, now we're on this field of glass and roll this. Oh, this is a ground lurch where things fall and things break and whatever and so i was just like now i'm overlaying the first dice roll of the glass field onto this <laughs> this ground upheaval i'm like what does that look like and then here comes a series of of dice rolls that are under the five and i'm just like yeah okay what's this look like it's you know this this horse got hurt and he might die saying i i am a, definitely on your side i want you guys to succeed but at the same time i'm like <laughs> when that dice lands i'm just like ouch i don't know that i have the feeling that you want us to succeed oh i don't know that that is the the feeling that i get from your world i feel like to me your world feels just very what i have just made this world and these things are active in it and I don't know how well you're going to do. You're going to have to figure that shit out for yourself. I, I agree with that. But I will also say that I definitely want you to succeed. And there is an element of, uh, yes, here, here's the world. Good luck, everybody else. But at the same time, it's not, I guess I'd like to think it's not OP. Oh, I was just saying, I, I feel like you play very neutrally. But I feel you play very neutrally specifically because, like, you are... I definitely see you driven by it. The dice will decide this. Uh, yeah, you're not. You don't care whether we win or lose. You're just. You're what? Yeah, it's, you're playing a game. Yeah, I have made this world for you. Yeah, here's the world. It's not here specifically to break you, but there are things that will break you. Don't make bad choices. <laughs> we will laugh. We will cry. I'll give you a third grader riddle, and you won't pass it. <laughs> <laughs> so, in that regard, um, no, you don't need to feel that I'm rooting for you, but I am rooting for you. And I'm not going to pump punches just because I'm rooting for you. I guess that's what I meant. Yeah. Like, yeah. I really like to see you guys do well, but you guys are really doing some stupid shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You really punched a dragon, dude? Oh, God. What do you want your next character to be? Yeah, no, I think it's fun. I'm having a great time. This time, I believe, and I'm trying to get the phrasing correctly, our listener Mike asked, has there ever been a time where you were super disappointed, angry, strong negative emotions because the dice took the story in a direction that you didn't want it to go? Or rather, you wanted to see the story go a certain direction and the dice just said, nope. I would say definitely. I feel, I feel like in this campaign there's been several times where just... I'm not upset about it. Just a level of disappointment where something looked like it was so perfect for something to happen and it would have been just amazing and then nothing. <laughs> well, do tell. I'm trying to remember what the exact moments were, but I believe I talked to you about it at the time, even like during. Like I was almost bummed that we were rolling dice for that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just feel this is like this is what it's towards. Yeah, I don't remember the specific time but i would say yeah sometimes i get more interested in just the development of the story than really caring about the dice rolls or anything yeah i don't know i think most recently uh lot gains death was definitely 
I knew somebody was going to have to take the obvious one. We all had a pretty good gut punch when that net one landed. What? It was Those awesome. They're still in jail, that, right? That, see, I'm not <laughs> upset. I wasn't upset with that, though. Like, that was a dice roll that I thought was perfect. It, it, it carried a story on into a different direction that was... And as Peyton points out, that's why those particular dice are still in the dice jail. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was actually so awesome. And you seem to really be digging your new character. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I really like Brax You're a lot, like, so. okay, flexing it back. I got this. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, no. I was just really sad to see Latgain die. Like, he had become such an integral part of the story so quickly, it felt like. Um, and don't get me wrong, I absolutely love where we are now. Like, Brax and Valeriel are fantastic. But I was sad, okay? <laughs> I thought that was so fun to mourn in-game, though. I've never done that before. That was awesome. The fact that everybody was, like, really paid tribute to his passing. Mm -hmm. I've never pay played in a super narrative game before, though. It blew me away, for sure. It was super interesting. Like, I feel like it was awesome. The sadness proper aside... Part of the disappointment also for me, too, was this backstory that <laughs> we had put together and all of these things that were just waiting in the wings yeah. for the right moment to, to rear their, their blue heads, or so to speak. Well, we'll just go ahead and put that file back on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> There's 14 hours of work gone. <laughs> so throw away that binder. I'm trying to think about a time that I was like super disappointed by the rolls. I can't, it's like in combat, I get disappointed sometimes. That's where it's the most frustrating, I think, where it's like... And oh, that game fell asleep again. Now it's super funny, but it's also like, oh, I'm out for three rounds, so I'll, I'm I'll see you guys tomorrow, right? That's kind of I'm supposed to be a hero, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, oh, why man. do I look like a clown? Kudos to your attitude on that too, because yeah, if I was in that position, falling asleep, rolling that poorly, in that particular case, that many times, I've been like, this game's dumb. Yeah, like Knuckles being this gigantic monstrosity, and we had a whole fight where he couldn't do anything but punch the ground. <laughs> It was terrible. Tyler Lores had a few times too. I'm a fighter oh, who can't hit anything. Why do I feel like a bum? <laughs> I always with those things though. The the way I I I backtrack it is it's I'm not missing. They're dodging. Like I'm trying to hit their their uh, CR or whatever it mm -hmm. whatever it is. Yep. So, well, so it's that. like you know I might throw a perfect punch, but I'm they're just they're they're ducking it right. So it's not like I hit the ceiling or the wall. I like that. I like that a lot. It's been explained many times because people are characterized a certain way. And the defense is, yeah, so two people are squaring off and have six seconds of interaction. You know, it's not just a sword swing and you stood there and <laughs> I just couldn't hit you. It's a series of sword swings, dodges, and, you know, martial interaction. And the outcome is whether or not you did damage. Yeah, dodging, blocking, you know, because dexterity is part of AC as well. So, you know, and kind of in the imagination realm, you know, it's not just, oh, I, I'm encased in armor, so tink, you didn't do anything. It's like, nope, I'm quick, you didn't hit me. Fair. I like that as a mm -hmm. way to think about it. I had not registered that as a concept, but I like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you think about it, and if you've ever been in a fight, six seconds is a long time. Yeah, I think I only got 12 seconds before I'm out of steam. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's what I say. I'm like, I need to end this in like five seconds. Otherwise, I am in trouble. I'm giving you 12 seconds of fury. <laughs> After that, though, I'm hoping you're ready to go home. I would say I've probably had the most like minor issue with that when it comes to um, things like uh, skill checks. Mm. I, I do feel like our characters should just be better at most things. 
So for skill checks for a lot of things, when they're bad, I'm just, I find that disappointing. You know, we've talked about it a few times, and I think part of it too is we are finding our path in that regard. And I guess in this particular case, I say we are, and I mean I am, because given what we talked about with, oh, what's your history with role-playing? I'm like, I am not a veteran at this, and I'm slowly figuring it out. And I think as we go, um, yeah, no, you don't need their role for that. It's interesting how much feels addition-dependent to me. Mm -hmm. I feel like when we played 3.5, characters are not as grand. It makes more sense to me that they mess up on more things. I feel like 5e makes the characters feel really powerful. I, I want them to be powerful and not be able to, like, I can get hit by an ogre, but I can't tie this knot. Come on, man. <laughs> you know, all finding our way on it and figuring out, honestly, just figuring out what we like about 5e at all. Part of the transition, though, too, or switching gears is, you know, we did all have that mindset of 3.5. Oh, you can, you're going to walk across the room and chew gum at the same time? Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I liked that, though. I think we carried that mentality into 5e and just assumed that that level of potential ineptitude is possible. All right. Lower Master Palmer down there. Do you have anything that sticks out <laughs> to you that has been a disappointment in terms of dice results? Yeah. Um, my uh, rolls for when we're leveling up for uh, health <laughs> points. <laughs> I think the first level up, I got like a one. I think this most recent time, I got a two. You know, that's why I give you advantage. <sighs> yeah, that's a rough one to sit with. Yeah. I don't know if you ever read any, like, the Dragonlance books, but there was this always this... There was this one character, Roslyn, who was super sickly, and he was always, like, battling his poor constitution, and it was such an interesting piece of the story. It's interesting to have you do it, because you're like a brick wall in shoes, but <laughs> it's weird to think about your character. shoes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Just a brick wall with knuckle tape. But yeah, it doesn't seem very fitting in, in this, but it's interesting how it will force you to shape your character in ways you probably did not intend. Well, and a little bit behind the screen, so to speak, too, things like that give me an impetus as a DM to potentially find magic items later or whatever that, oh, here's some hand wraps that increase your AC by a certain amount or whatever, you know, so I see that, oh, crap, you know, we're, at, we're higher levels now, everybody's running around with 70, 80 hit points, and here's Will Mjolnir with a 38. 29. Well, I don't know who's got 80. I'm not far above you. I'm <laughs> anticipating future oh, levels. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Two more ones in the book there? Yeah. <laughs> if that's how it goes, then okay, well, let's see if we can even this out a little bit and make you harder to hit. Yeah, you have to change your training in order to master evasion. <laughs> well, and being the way of the shadow, it would make sense. Oh, yeah, I've got all these fancy things like darkness, silence, pass without a trace. I do like the idea of, okay, so you're playing a role-playing game and the idea that the only way you can really improve your characters is through gear or items is is definitely one school of thought but i definitely like the idea of having the things you find uh be things that permanently alter your characters you know physiology and stats or something like oh maybe a reward for this big thing you've done is a drop of nectar from mm -hmm. this magic tree which permanently makes you you know, smarter or faster or whatever. I like the idea of those things to alter those things through story. Well, and I'm notoriously bad at loot, so sorry about that. Yeah, we're still broke. 
The real reward is the story we're telling and the <laughs> friends we're making. It's okay, I'm a monk. I don't value worldly possessions. <laughs> I do value my blood, though. I prefer it stay in my body. <laughs> well, there is that. All right, so we've had a vote for Latgain's situation. A vote for a general malaise when things go stupid. Yeah. I guess overall, like, I don't know that I'm ever disappointed the way the story goes because it's just where the dice are taking it. So I think that just is enhancing it, even if it's not necessarily what we expected or what we wanted. It takes us into a direction and it helps us build a more in-depth story. I would say there's definitely times when I appreciate more that the dice are going poorly. Like, uh, there are a few things I like more than rolling a one in combat. <laughs> I feel like since you started allowing us to say how that works out and, and letting us have a bit of play in that. I have enjoyed that so much. Like, I look forward to a one so that I can figure out what new thing my character's got to deal with. <laughs> I think there's an element, too, of it's a psychological outlook on it, too. Okay, this horrible thing is going to happen to me, and I don't know what it is, and I'm going to hate it. So, okay, but contrast that with, okay, this horrible thing is going to happen to me, but I get to say what it is. You it's have, been super have that fun. some semblance of control. I think it makes it a lot easier to palate. I would be so much happier with all the horrible things going on if I could just, you know, have a say in what happens. I like the idea of those things having a consequence that will last a while in the game. Like having like a broken rib or something is just super fun. <laughs> <laughs> Man, if I had a dollar for every time I heard somebody say that, you'd have one dollar. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't have to deal with it. This guy does. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, the reason I have a lingering injury chart on my uh, little tablet here. Because <laughs> Grom makes bad decisions. All right. Matt, do you have any insight on any of this? I know you've only been here for I think it's a been couple a times. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually just thinking that. I think it's been a little over a year now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, in battle, I think the last one, I pretty much couldn't roll and shake off the, the startle. And it just felt like I wasn't doing nothing. So, the yeah, fear effect. Yeah. The fear effect and just... Just sat in that room, hanging out with Rex. <laughs> when I was going through that little sequence when I was editing it, I'm just like, uh, I hope they had fun. <laughs> I was thinking the way Murray Mermelnir grabbed that body of the monster and just drug it across the runes felt so brutal in-game, but somehow I feel like it didn't come across as brutal through the episode. I don't know. My bad. <laughs> Not saying it's a bad thing, but... Could have gored it up a little bit, I guess, in the description. <laughs> in the moment, it felt We are scary. not getting our deposit back for that room, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, between the squirrel and Murray, that's number two room, so that's been destroyed. <laughs> you can't take him anywhere. I think my favorite part about that entire thing was that I rolled all my attack and damage at once, so then it felt a lot less like I was doing a lot of nothing and more of something. I feel like when I roll my individual attacks, they just don't add up to a whole lot. Well, and that goes back to kind of imagining that six-second flurry of motion, and I always envisioned you know, the monk's flurry of blows. So you're rolling three attacks, but that's way more than three punches. I mean, we've all seen Jackie Chan fight, or Jet Li, or insert whatever Kung Fu star is there. And so that's I kind of tried to portray that a little bit with the with the sound effect usage on this last one. With the, I thought it was really good. Elbow spin kick, <laughs> knife to the throat, knife hand, knife hand. 
doodle chop. Interesting. I never thought about the idea of if I was playing a monk, like saying which particular style I'm using. <laughs> like, oh, tiger claw for these bastards. <laughs> I will do you the really caterpillar. Your, your description game on your flurry of blows. Cause it, a picture, uh, what was that dude from Tekken 4 who could change all the styles? Maybe nobody played Tekken. I did play Tekken, but I don't remember. He looked like Jackie Chan. Weird. He could go through all the styles. It was awesome. I wonder how you would do that for another character. Well, we can arrange it. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> Rocks fall, you die. I'm in trouble. Rocks fall, you die. We're in an open field on a clear day. <laughs> yeah, apparently a flying dragon uh, dropped some. <laughs> Meteor storm just happened to hit right there. Are we sure that's then? a rock? <laughs> he just dropped a half-eaten horse on him. That's where that half a horse went. <laughs> Barding Mr. Everything. Snugglebottoms! Oh, no! <laughs> Glad to be rid of you, horse. Well, that took a dark turn. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the dice gods are cruel. Who was it that asked that question? Uh, Mike. Mike, shout out. Yes. Yeah, thanks for listening. This has been Bedlam Social Hour, a D&D conversation. Join us on the first of each month as we continue to create the fantastic adventure we've come to love so much known as Bedlam Social Hour, a Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Also on the 15th of each month for more of these type of conversations. Please check out our link tree in the show notes for our social media connections, and please rate and review us on your favorite podcast platforms. Thanks for joining us for our little chat, and remember, as always, work hard and be kind.